the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. The word of the Lord from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 reads like this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Father in heaven, we find ourselves in need of you that you might speak clearly through these words today. Father, there's a word that needs to come forward that would rescue someone from the destruction that is right before them. The judgment that is coming upon all who do not believe. And so I'm praying, God, that in the process of preaching on this morning, that you would save someone who is lost and drifting away in their sin. I'm praying, God, that you would draw someone who has already come to know you, but has fallen out of fellowship that might be restored today. I pray, eternal God, that in the process of preaching this morning, that you would edify this body and that you would most of all glorify yourself, that all that is said and done, Lord God, might be pleasing in your sight. Spirit of the living God, I stand as a vessel and instrument always in need of you. And if I am to fulfill the assignment that you have before me today, I need you, Lord. I need your strength and I need your power. I pray for the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech. And Lord God, that the words that I speak might be understandable in the ears of the hearer. Have your way, dear God. And I'm waiting and I'm depending on you that you might be glorified and have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving and expectation of your coming. Amen. So on this morning, we find ourselves in this passage here in Ephesians chapter 4. And this passage by itself alone brings both confusion and clarity to our our theme of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. It brings confusion in the sense that alone by itself, it's difficult to comprehend fully how I can avoid the egregious act of grieving the Holy Spirit. It doesn't really tell me, it just... It just tells me not to do it. So I'm confused there, uh, but at the same time, it gives clarity to me because in this brief text, we learn that the Holy Spirit is not a dove as in the form he appeared upon Jesus at his baptism, nor is he uh, uh, the wind as he came uh, rushing into the room where the disciples were gathered on the day of Pentecost. 
No, this brief text gives clarity to us to see and to understand that the Holy Spirit has personality as the very personality that is possessed in humanity. And so therefore we can glean and understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. And in fact, he is the third person of the Trinity. We have the personhood of the Father, we have the personhood of the Son, but now we understand clearly from this passage all by itself that there is a personhood in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is not a thing and it's not a it, it's a person. Now, just in case I have some high scholarly uh, theologians that are evaluating my words, I need you to understand this. I am not saying that this is the only passage whereby we can get clarity that the Holy Spirit is a person. I just need to throw that out. I, I feel some, some, some naysayers just saying you can't develop doctrine on one passage pastor no you cannot but I will help you to understand there are multiple passages that help me to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person amen somebody and so uh, this clarity that we have and this confusion that we have needs to be worked through and I'm going to attempt on this morning to 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 walk us through to to have better understanding when we leave this this study in this time uh, of this uh, confusion and work through that confusion so we can have clarity in both areas so that we can know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit in uh, whose power we've been encouraging you to walk in and we see here is a person and this person of the Holy Spirit uh, who's living inside of you who never ever will depart from you uh, and who is even according to this passage he is the seal that's on you and the sealer of you until the day that God comes for you. Somebody should have shouted right there, right there, right there. Um, that's, that's, that's shout worthy because if the Holy Spirit who has all the power of God is responsible for keeping you until God comes for you, it frees you to understand I'm not the keeper of myself. Lord, help me somebody. I feel good about that because on my best days, sometimes I fail at keeping myself. But I thank God to know that I've got a Holy Spirit that's keeping me, that has sealed me and is the seal on me that nobody can break. And he's sealed me to be the child of God until God comes for me. That ought to help somebody to write about there to understand that you can't lose what you have in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so this, this same Holy Spirit who is the seal and the sealer, the one who will guide you into all truth, the one who uh, will protect you from dangers seen and unseen, uh, this, this, this person, uh, I'm trying to give you some, 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 some relative connection to him and help, him, help you to understand how, how affiliated you are with him and how associated you are to him. This Holy Spirit who dwells in you, who is the one who opened up your eyes to the fact that you were blind in the first place. The one who drew you out of darkness and into 
the marvelous life. This same Holy Spirit, is it is him whom Paul says in this text of Ephesians, do not grieve him, the Holy Spirit, this one who's sealed you until the day of redemption. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, grieve not the Holy Spirit in your walk. Now, I need to define some terms. I need to, to get us all on the same page first before I dig too deep in this. First of all, I need you to understand what it means to grieve. When we talk about grieving, uh, we're, we're talking about to bring uh, displeasure, to bring sadness, to, uh, to cause sorrowfulness, um, to hurt, to bring hurt to uh, someone as it relates to our behavior or uh, incident or occurrence. In this case, we, we can grieve someone by our behavior, by the way we uh, respond uh, to them or the way we act towards them. We can grieve them. And, I, and I'll say this, uh, maybe this, this, gives me the, this gives me the best picture, um, that when you have uh, a mother or a father who loves you or a spouse or someone who really, I mean, they really, really love you. Um, and if you've ever been in that place where you love someone, you, you understand what it feels like when they disappoint you. That, that's the idea of the grief that we're talking about. Uh, but, but I want you to take it to another level because it's not just the, the grief that we have because even the love that we have, that we love one another with, does not compare to the love that God has for us and the sacrifices that he's made for us. And so to grieve God or to grieve the Holy Spirit takes this to a whole nother level. Y'all still here with me? And so I want you to understand the, the, the whole process there of, of grieving. And so um, Paul, what he does in this book of Ephesians, he takes the first three chapters of the book and he kind of speaking to the saints at Ephesus and all those who are faithful wherever they may be, everywhere. He, he talks to them about the standing that they have in Christ Jesus. Um, he helps them to understand the benefits of this position that we have as believers in Christ, as children of God, as redeemed uh, from the lostness and as those who have been brought into this family of God and he lays out for us all of the benefits and even as um, we heard earlier in the, the earlier scripture that was read in Ephesians chapter 2 how we were once lost in our, in, our, in our sin but it is God who loved us and brought us out of that and, and caused us to be connected to the family of God and so he, he lays all that out in the first three chapters in terms of our standing as Christians in in Christ. And then in the last three chapters of the book, chapters four through six, he spends that time addressing the walk of the believer. So in other words, as a result of all that you have benefited from, from the love of God and the work of God and the sacrifice of God and the grace of God, because you have been saved by grace. Uh, you, you, it's not of yourself. It's not of your own works. It was God who did this for you. And Paul says, as a result of all that, now here's how you ought to walk so you don't grieve him. Y'all still here with me? And so he spends uh, chapter four, five, and six on helping us to understand how we ought to walk, how the believer ought to walk so as not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Y'all still here with me? And so when we talk about this walk, um, I, I think this is, this may be of some value as well. Um, walk is the Greek word, uh, peripateo, 
Peripateo means to live. It's the way uh, I live life, the way I walk out life, how I live this life. And so when we talk about walking, we're talking about living of life. How do you live this life in such a way that you don't grieve the Holy Spirit? The first thing that I believe I can extract from this, and I, was, I, did, I, I went back to the beginning of chapter 4, and I pulled this out because as Paul is helping us to understand how we are to walk so as not to grieve the Holy Spirit, in chapter, the beginning of chapter 4, we gain this idea, that we are to walk endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, Okay? We are to walk. We are to live our life in such a way that we seek and we endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. Paul says in in chapter uh, four, beginning verse number one, he says we ought to walk worthy of the calling that we've been called with. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if I'm going to make it, y'all. I'm, 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 um, we, we're to walk worthy. That is to, to walk in a way that is balanced to what you've received. Mm-mm-mm. In other words, based on all that God has done to save your soul. Based on, can I, can I take y'all to the cross? Based on the whipping and the beating that Jesus took and the, 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 the sacrifice he made when he went up Galgotha's hill, based on the, the pain that he endured when he hung on the cross and he died for you, based on him having to go into a borrowed tomb to prove to you that death no longer had no control over him nor you, based on all that he's done to take you and draw you by his Holy Spirit out of darkness away from the things that you want it so badly and based on all that he's done to adopt you into his family and to call you his own and to place his Holy Spirit inside of you and to give you all the power based on all that that he's done you ought to walk in such a way that it balances off that's what it means to walk worthy he says you need to walk worthy of the calling that we have and the calling wherewith we've been called. Somebody might be saying, Pastor, what do you mean call? Well, you might not realize it, but that when you were in darkness, it was this power of the Holy Spirit that called you by name out of your darkness. I know you was, you was calling it something. something. Something was drawing me. Something was speaking to me. Something. No, it wasn't something. It was somebody. It was the Holy Spirit that was drawing you out of darkness. Lord, help me, God. And he was drawing you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He was drawing you out of death into life. Lord, have mercy. He was drawing you out of sin into righteousness. He was drawing you out of the hands of the devil into the hands of God. And he was calling you. And you've been called. And so as a result of our calling out of these uh, destructions, he he says we ought to walk worthy of that and live according to that. And in a balanced way that we don't disrupt the unity of the spirit. Lord, help me, God, because when we walk contrary to uh, uh, the worthiness, it grieves the Holy Spirit and it 
disrupts the unity of the body. Lord, help me. So he says, verse number two, he says, with all lowliness, this is how we, this is how we walk, uh, worthy of the calling. With all lowliness, he's going to give you some four areas. He's going to say lowliness, gentleness, bearing with one another, and with long-suffering. I know the, all of these are hard. Thank you. I'm glad somebody's listening. If we're going to walk endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit, we need to understand that this walk is going to be hard. But watch this. I'm going to say this to you. The only way you're going to fulfill it is you've got to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit because you're not going to do it in the power of your flesh. Y'all still here with me? So you got to walk lowly, that is with humility, not prideful, because when we walk in pride, we disrupt the unity of the body. Because pride says, I'm better than you. (laughs) But we're all brought into this body, not because of us, but because of him. And so we're going to walk lowly in in, in humility, one with another. We're going to walk gentle, that is with meekness, having our emotions under control. Somebody should have shouted right about there. This is how we can grieve the Holy Spirit when our emotions are out of control, especially that one called anger. (sighs) Lord Jesus. Uh, So we're going to walk in meekness, but not weakness because we're still walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me, God. There is a time to get angry. We saw Jesus himself even get angry. There's a, there's a righteousness of anger that he exhibited, and there's a time for everything under the sun. But, but we're not walking around just getting mad all the time, having our emotions out of control, and we up, down, everywhere all the time. No, uh, we got to walk with gentleness, walk with long-suffering towards each other. Walk with long-suffering towards each other. Walk with long-suffering towards one another. That means I've got to be patient with you and you've got to be patient with me. <sighs> because, because if we were honest, we, none of us is perfect. All of us got some isms, some schisms, some up and some it and some at. All of us got some mess. All of us have some stuff that ain't quite right yet. And so, and even if it is right, guess what? We might not be rubbing each other right. So we got to be patient with each other and long suffering with one another. This is not an excuse for you to keep acting a fool, but it is to help us here. It is to help us with clarity and understanding that we just can't write each other off as some may have already done with some of our families and friends. That grieves the Holy Spirit when you write off those whom Christ has saved. Mm. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. Bearing with one another in love. Learning how to be tolerant and patient with each other. Bearing with one another in love. It, it's, didn't I tell you at the beginning? I know what y'all are saying, man, I can't do that. Yeah, um, it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in order for us to do, to walk this way. To walk endeavoring to keep this unity of the spirit. It's going to take uh, us allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in and through us. All of these attributes in this text, in this desire for us to walk worthy of the calling and to walk keeping the spirit in the unity of the body of peace requires the Holy Spirit to be working in us. 
We can only do this. We can, can't do it. I can say this over and over and over and over. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? So it's going to require that. If we're going to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, which he says there in verse number three, yeah, it's going to require the Holy Spirit to do that. Got to be working in us. Now, the moment we disrupt the unity in the Spirit, and watch this, when the Holy Spirit saved you and me, um, he saved us all and baptized, which means put us all into one body in Christ Jesus. And he brought us together and made us one. And so when we violate each other, we disrupt unity. Well, when we go against each other in the body of Christ, we disrupt the unity of the Holy Spirit that he has brought us all together and made us one. Are y'all still here? Paul says if we want to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit, endeavor, seek, try, work at, strive to maintain and keep the unity of the Spirit. Secondly, he says, we need to walk having put on the new man. As you keep moving through chapter 4 of Ephesians, what Paul is going to do is, he says, beginning of verse 17, and I'm, I'm trying to pull all this together as not to deal with every single text here, but every, every single verse here. He says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work uncleanness with greediness. If I'm going to live, if I'm going to walk in such a way that I don't grieve the Holy Spirit, I've got to decide today, I've got to make it up in my mind that I'm not going to walk the way I used to walk. I've got to put off the old man and I've got to walk in the power of the new man. And he's going to deal with it in the latter text. Let me walk you through the beginnings of this because the, the idea here is that all of us, have experience in the old man all of us don't don't look at your neighbor funny that's you too <laughs> everybody everybody's got experience in the old man let me let me read a couple more of these verses he says but you you have not so learned christ verse 20 if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the objective right there. The objective is, is that I'm not living like I used to live. Now, what he says from the beginning, he says, we're going to walk no longer as the Gentiles. Now, the understanding here, he's writing to this, this from prison in Rome, and he's saying, hey, look, these, the, you know what it was to be a Gentile. To be a Gentile was to, was to not even know God. That, that automatically was those who didn't know God. And he says, we're not going to keep walking like that. We're not going to walk any longer like as if we don't even know God. We're, we're not, we've got to change that behavior. Because if Christ saved you and died for you and gave his life for you, you can't keep living like you used to live. 
Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.